films and docs and TV too. Not having it all, bringing you the latest reviews. Not having it all, but we're doing the best we can. It's not having it all with Neha Beas and Karis Rian and other people sometimes. Hi Laverne, hi Neha, how are you going? <laughs> It's been a while, you can tell. It's been, 80, it's been a yeah. while. <laughs> it's been 87 years. Um, <laughs> we haven't done a recording, the three of us, for a long time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. When was the last time? I can't even remember. Spider-Man? Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've come full circle on the Marvel movies. <laughs> that was during that release. Now we're back during when Multiverse of Madness is out. So it must yeah. be like a moon thing or something. <laughs> Coming Mer- cosmic happening. Mercury yeah. in retrograde or whatever that means. Oh my god, it's always I feel like it's always in retrograde. When is it not in retrograde? I don't know what it means. I just no, I don't know what it either. means either. What I say retrograde? it to be um to be relatable. And then people <laughs> people started to elaborate and I'm like, oh, um, <laughs> I don't I don't know what I said. I don't know what it means. I get that way with star signs sometimes, and I'm like, yeah. oh well, you know me, I'm a Libra, and then people will tell me and I'm like, no, 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 I I'm also I uneducated. Making, <laughs> yeah, I was just making a comment. Yeah, or people are like, we won't, we're not going to get along because you're an air. And I'm like, I don't. Have I, you noticed as well now, like Angus Cloud from Euphoria and a few other celebrities won't tell anyone their birth date because they don't want to be judged for their star sign? Oh, oh, is that why? That's like, it's a new thing that people are doing. That's interesting. The whole Euphoria cast, the whole age thing, because no one knows how old Alexis Demi, is that her name? No one knows yeah, how old yeah. she is. Like she oh. won't say her age either. Jessica Chastain did this for years. Oh. She really? did when she when she first came out. So like I think it was 2012. So like you had like Lawless, um, The Help had just been out. What was the other film she did with Brad Pitt? That doesn't make any sense. That's like seven, seven hours long. It's a Terence Malick Tree of Life. Oh, never heard of it. A Tree of Life. Oh, it's 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 a, it's a film. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she did things happen. She, things happen. She didn't say her age for years, and then I think it only came out recently that she was like nearly fifty. Wow. 45. I suppose if they don't know your age, they don't put you in a box for like casting. Yeah. I guess. Things yeah. Like that. So that would be an interesting podcast topic is like age brackets and casting. Mm. For sure. Because you've got like Nicole Kidman <laughs> playing mums and then partners. <laughs> and wives. Yeah. <laughs> and then like recently you had Sandra Bullock. She was playing, well, recent, she's played a few um, love interests in recent films where they're considerably younger than her. I think in Bird Box, what was oh, the age yeah. difference? And then obviously recently with Channing Tatum. So that's an interesting one. Mm. She's brilliant. I love Sandra Bullock. <laughs> Me um, too. Where were we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sandra Bullock supremacy. So, um, what have you guys been watching recently? Neha, I'm guessing it's going to be rom coms. Um, I feel like I've been watching more TV than I have films. Like I've just I've watched like the odd episode of Parks and Rec, but I've just started Parks and Rec probably from the beginning. Um, oh, like a rewatch. Well, it's not even a rewatch because I never watched it the first time properly. It was just I would catch an episode here or there. So I'm like going in pretty unaware of a lot of. I'd like I know storylines in in their vaguest sense but vaguest sense is obviously not a phrase or a word but yeah and I'm really enjoying it like it's just so fun and I like firstly I don't have you both seen Parks and Rec yeah funnily enough I've started re-watching it recently as well 
So I don't know whether it's because I'm watching it after Chris Pratt became who he is now, but I find Andy really annoying. And I know everyone who watches Parks and Rec really likes him, but I'm watching it like you're such a dude, bro. This is so this is so annoying. But yeah, no, I'm really enjoying it. I love um, Nick Offerman. I love Ron Swanson. Oh my God. He's like, I've realized when I watch TV shows or films, I all, I'm always very taken by the sort of like grumpy props, mm. like has a heart of gold character. I think he's my new lovable jock. But yeah, that's what I've been watching. I think more than, uh, yeah, yeah. Like the older version of a lovable jock. It's the subdued woodcrafter. There, there we go. Yeah, he's like a lumberjack. There's like lumberjack energy. I'd love to go into the psyche of men when they suddenly take that up as a hobby. Like mm. it's a big transition, isn't it? Yeah. I love it. Very strange. Laverne, what have you been watching? So I just, Moonlight completed this week. I don't know if you're caught up. I'm four episodes. I've got two okay. left. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't even remember. Maybe two, maybe three. Yeah, maybe I, I watched feel, the whole thing. Who knows? I, I know. I feel like this is the one series that needs just so much explaining. Yeah. Um, you Thank know, you. This, yeah, it's like. I am like, I'm watching it and I'm like, I need a breakdown video instantly. You know, it's got so many historical references. Also, you know, Oscar Isaac's character. Hi, Raya. (laughs) Also, Oscar Isaac's character needs like so much breakdown as well. Like there is so much... Yeah, there are so many uh, things that need explaining. Like, it's not that I'm not enjoying it. I just feel like everyone will enjoy season two a lot better now that all the exposition's been done and now that we know sort of where everyone stands. So if it does get a season two, I think I'll enjoy it a lot better. I've also, I've, I've started Scandal from beginning. Oh, um, but this is one show I've never watched. Oh, yeah, I'd watched like a few episodes here or there, but I'm watching it from the beginning. Um I just, yeah, it's it's re- weird to watch it because I feel like the crazy things that happen in that, because it's about, you know, a press secretary having an affair with the president. And some of the things that I've spoken about, you're like, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. Imagine if a president did that. But obviously since Trump, you know, it's actually that's not so that crazy lucid. anymore. <laughs> yeah. And so like, I feel like when people watched it, when it first came out, it was like, oh my God, imagine if something like that happened, like a celebrity doing this and you're like, oh, but now I'm just watching it. I'm like, oh yeah. Like worst, literal worst. Things, yeah. Literal worst things have happened. So I'm rewatching that. And then yeah. Opening night, I went to see mum. Cause I keep seeing M low. Um, uppercase M, lowercase O, uppercase M from Multiverse of Madness. But I always just read it as mum, and it will be mom. on Twitter. And I'm like, what film's that? Oh, it's Doctor <laughs> So um, yeah, went to see that. I I feel like, obviously, no spoilers. I feel like it's a very self-contained film, if that makes sense. Like I didn't come out being like, I can't wait to rewatch that and find all these, like usually you come out and you're like, I want to rewatch it. Cause I want to rewatch this part to see all of these references, but it's a very self-contained film. I would say, I feel like you could carry on and not have seen it, but you can tell. Really? Yeah, for sure. Like you maybe would just want to read up on like the beginning and the end, but like you could like not watch it and go on to, your Thors and your Blades and your Black Panther too. And I don't think they're going to cross over. It's very self-contained. But Sam Raimi had so much fun and you can tell. He just was in a silly, goofy mood and made it horror. Like it's a very horror, bloody, gory. He just had fun. 
it's See, like, I'm so shocked that they actually stuck to it because I thought it was just a way to like get us to feel excited. Like there's no way Marvel's going to do like a horror. But then you said like mm. it's the most blood you've ever seen in a Marvel film. For sure, for sure. I, yeah, I think so. They because usually like they'll get cut and then they like wipe it off. But this one, it's like no, this <laughs> it's blood. <laughs> um, and you know, Elizabeth Olsen is amazing. Mm. Like she is such a good actress. She plays that mother role. That that woman that would do anything for her kids so well, like it's really crazy um, how good she is. Um, yeah, she was definitely a standout. Like she was fantastic. That's so interesting that it's standalone because I would have thought. Because I mean, I don't know this because I've not seen it, but I imagine that like One Division and Loki all sort of like thread into the film because it's all about the multiverse. So I would have thought that it would have had some legs beyond the film itself. So that's yeah, really interesting. I, I just feel like apart from like you could quickly YouTube yeah. the end and then carry on. Yeah. Without that's interesting. I don't know. I, this is there's gonna be people like, no, you're wrong. But like that's just <laughs> how I felt. Yeah. I, I felt I like quite self-contained. Yeah. When I went on Twitter and it was like, right, before you watch this show, you need to watch episode seven, season two, episode one. And I was like, I don't have time for that. Yeah. That's homework. Like, yeah. I I remember in the early days when a new Marvel film would come out, you would re-watch all of them because yeah. there was about six of them. You know, yeah. it was a, it was a manageable amount. Now you'd need to take like a like a sabbatical of work. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a big project. So I'm really excited. Cameos. Is there a lot of them? Yeah, there's mm. a lot. Yeah, okay. there, there's there's um yeah, there's okay. people that purposely I can tell didn't go to the premiere in order to like keep it contained, which I really appreciate because uh, I hate it when they go to the premiere and then it's like, why did you do that? Like, <laughs> yeah, Adam Brody did that with Shazam, and it kind yes, of exactly. ruined it a little bit. Mm, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he didn't ruin it. It's amazing to see him in the film, and obviously, like Amista was there as well. So it's always I like to see the parents out, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've seen some some spoilers on Twitter that I'm like, okay, interested. But do you think this is going to be the last film where it's very cameo is the shock factor? Because I feel like after phase three, I think they realise that they need to draw people to these films. Exactly. Um, and I think the way they went with that was the cameo factor. Obviously, Spider-Man, it was amazing. There were so many, like, even though we pretty much knew. But with this film... We didn't know. We don't know. Like, obviously, you know, you've seen it. <laughs> but I feel like it's more of a mystery. But I feel like, I mean, how many would you say there are cameos? It's very... More than like, 10? No. So four. And, you know, Sam Rainey has done it so smart. I, I, it's hard not to spoil, okay. but That's the okay. way in which he he's done it, it's, it, it's not just a fan service. Like, you know, he does it. In a way that you're like, ah, I got my fix of cameos, thank you. But you're not like longing for more. So he's done it really, really, really well. Um, so interested. But I think I might go today, you know. I think oh, I'm just go, gonna for go, today. go go today. Go, go for it. I'm just gonna take Raya and then if she cries, they can all cry themselves. Yeah. Because there's like 25 a, screenings a day, isn't there? So yeah. yeah. It's such a loud film. Like she'll be like, do you know what I mean? Like it will you people won't be too distracted by Raya. I think you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I would say is that obviously you know Wanda and her kids I can't imagine how confused people who haven't seen WandaVision will be mm. like because 
can you imagine the last time you saw her like it was in endgame and then you're like she has kids yeah. like yeah. i just was wondering like i know for a fact that my my dad for example he watches all the films but he couldn't get into one division boo but i i said jenna him, yeah i know <laughs> i love how you know his name because <laughs> the um, just because disney plus we share an account <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like i know i i said to him you might want to just browse or watch a youtube video because you're going to be so confused but also it's also not that accessible because disney plus is quite expensive yeah and people who are just you know holding that to go for the film i think that's a bit mean to not have any sort of like context there not everyone can afford yeah, a disney that's a plus very account. good point yeah the accessibility is not there is it i didn't no. think about that before actually yeah i just thought people were going to be like what because like, like time is one thing like if you don't have time to catch up but yeah. when you actually don't like that's yeah I didn't never thought about that before it's a way of gatekeeping isn't it to be honest it's very yeah. gatekeeping but it's Disney yeah. so why are we shocked yeah. it is well I learned recently that obviously if you ever work like I've worked in a cinema if you work in a cinema you get to see films for free it's basically a perk of the job but I realized recently on Twitter someone said that Disney don't allow any employees to watch a film for free during the first month of release so no one's able I know I know which is wild isn't it I used to sneak in and be like, right, I'll watch 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there. Uh, but yeah, they can't do that anymore. So it is it is sad. And I feel like we like everything's moving to Disney in some mm. ways, I feel. Um, I mean, like the Kardashians, the new show that's on Disney Plus um, or Hulu in America. One day, maybe everything will be on Disney Plus and it'll just be one streaming service. Yeah, especially with Netflix. Yeah, the way oh it is. The, da- the downfall. It's it's funny to see a company in, in pop culture like we. I don't think we've seen this since Blockbuster. It's, it's just it's funny for us to go like full circle, isn't it? Yeah, mm. I think someone on Twitter said it was Netflix that took Blockbuster out, and now every mm-hmm. other streaming service is taking Netflix out. Yeah, it's, you've yeah. got to diversify your audience, haven't you? It's just yeah. you're never going to be the only one forever. Yeah. So I'm not. Sure. I'm an Apple TV stan. You are. You, you really you, are. You are Apple TV. Laverne is Amazon Prime. Like yeah. I just feel like we've got like ambassadors for each yeah. service. It's yeah. um it's brilliant. Well, I watched the dropout recently, which is on Disney Plus, um, with um <laughs> and this is Amanda Bynes, absolutely not Amanda <laughs> Bynes, Amanda Savage. And it was really, really interesting. I'd never heard of Elizabeth Holmes before, who it was based on. <laughs> what a absolute ludicrous plan I just yeah watching things like obviously inventing Anna about Anne Delvey and obviously this one now I just can't believe how like people can lie and make people believe them to the point when they give them millions and billions of dollars Mm. like it's just what a flex honestly what a flex but that I haven't watched the dropout, but I have watched that little Wayne scene about five times because it, <laughs> it's, it's scary. Like it's honestly scary. <laughs> she is, she's pretty, she, she dropped her voice down. It's really interesting because I wondered why she did it, but the, the actual real person did it to be taken more seriously. So it was a really good study into like women in business and how mm. like you have to, you know, you change the way you are. I mean, when I, I remember when I first started out in the industry and a producer said to me, don't wear pink. And I really wanted the Rianne Pictures logo to be pink. And they went, no, don't do it because you won't be taken seriously. Which is now why everything in Rianne Pictures is pink because I'm finally able to have pink. Um, but it's really, really good. Amanda's brilliant. It was meant to be Kate McKinnon who played her. Oh, I can see that. I can, yeah, yeah I can see that too. 
I feel like she wouldn't have the same charm that Amanda has because Amanda mm. kind of like manipulated um, mm. men a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a good watch. I'd enjoy it. Other than that, Jennifer, I don't think I've watched anything. Jennifer Lawrence has played Elizabeth Holmes as well. Have you heard? Yes, yes, oh, yes. Really? Mm-hmm. Is it a film or a TV show? I think it might be a film. I, I don't know what this whole craze is of just repeating. I, I don't know. know if you've seen as well. Josephine Josephine Baker has three biopics coming. Oh. Wow. Three. Wow. Like, why? Why do we need three iterations? It's of weird because, like, you, you think you'd buy the rights to something, but then I guess now it's so every streaming service. It's like with the, I think I think the Fire Festival. The, the, mm, there was yeah. two documentaries about that at the same time, and Will the True Crime Aretha stuff, like Franklin Ted Bundy. Yes. Well. Franklin, yeah. And isn't it Noah Centino is going to be in some cryptocurrency film, and then someone else is going to be in the same storyline or film at the same time? I don't yeah. know. I just, uh, Taron, Taron Egerton, I think, is also doing <gasps> one. It. I think, I think. Yeah, boy. Yeah. 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 Mm. It's, a, it's a strange one. But yeah, no, I've watched that, and then other than that, it's just. Um, Bits, bits here and there. I think you know. Do you both have Apple TV? Mm-hmm. Yes. You have to watch Pachinko. I've been Is seeing that a noise your, you your just tweets. made. <laughs> Pachinko? Oh Pachinko. my god! You need, you need to watch it. It is. I think like the best thing on TV right now. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. I'm sold. Sold. It's it's always like the last streaming service I think about watching. Um, mm. I think because the interface is so frustrating. Yeah, um, yeah. But but yeah, I, no. I, I need... have a long list because I want to watch We Crashed. I don't know if I don't know anyone that saw it, but I've started it. Yeah, I want to watch that. I don't love Jared Leto, but. The, the story is oh is that the we work one yeah. i really want to see that too yeah i didn't realize that 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 happened right like yeah. and then um i finally finished for all mankind season two <gasps> the end the end blowing my mind okay i'll message you about that later um so <laughs> waiting waiting for season three yeah apple tv are doing bits actually my doing boyfriend it. loves foundation he loves c severance um I've not I've not done that one yet. That's the Ben. Is it Ben Stiller that? Did Adam. That one? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one. Yeah, there's a lot. They, they. I mean, they have the money for it. Mm, I don't know do. why I'm acting shocked. Yeah, that, I think that's the thing is that you had like these big like Apple was never an entertainment. It was always the software and like same with Amazon. Like, and now they've kind of diversified their income streams and done that. It's um. Yeah, it's it's a wider discussion to be had, I think. Um, but yeah, but also what frustrates me is that we have all these streaming platforms and that there's still a massive lack of women in them and diverse audiences in them. And you get like a show like Never Have I Ever, for example, which is so brilliant. Um, you know, South Asian leads, South Asian characters, and that's ending this year, next year. And I doubt we'll get a replacement. Not that we should just replace it with something else, but... Th- there's no kind of like you t- like they tick this massive box and then they're just like oh well we did that and uh, yeah. now it's back to um selling sons at season seven mm. so i don't know because even in someone said something recently about even in reality tv there's such a massive lack of people of color mm-hmm. like hugely and you don't realize it till you sit and think yeah you're right like there's just well, you know, apart from the Kardashians, but they just change that every now and then. Yeah. <laughs> I love my uh, Swedish Latina black queens. <laughs> like, I just, well, depending on what day you, you you get them. Literally, what day? Like, it's because they recently said that like Kim was um, before the Met Gala. People were saying, "Oh, Kim's like getting rid of the BBL. She's lost weight." But obviously, now we know 
that she lost weight to fit into a Marilyn Monroe's dress that she didn't actually fit into. <laughs> now, this reminds me of a Christmas party last year where my lovely colleague wore a gorgeous jumpsuit, but when she was dancing, the back cracked and there was a no. massive gap in her bum area. So she had to carry a jacket around for the night, which is basically what Kim Kardashian did because the dress didn't fit over her bum. Just, yeah. yeah. Also, just like leave Marilyn Monroe alone. I feel mm. like, you know, she's just a symbol. Um, and you forget that she was a real person. And also yes. the whole, she was so curvy. And then you look at like her measurements and <laughs> she wasn't that curvy because of just beauty standards. But I say this all to say to release the Anna D. Armas cut. I'm waiting for this. Where one. is it? Where is Where it? Where is it? Yes. Come on. I love mess and I love because deep water. Did you guys watch Deep Water? I, I, did. I didn't. Neha, you're gonna love it, right? Because it's a mess. <laughs> but it's 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 but Laverne, you said they cut like half an hour out of it as well. Yeah. Didn't they? And you can tell. My God, yeah. you can tell. It's um, but you've got the euphoria. Um, what's this? Jacob Elordi is in it as well. It's just, it's just such a mess. I love it. But I watched it twice. No <laughs> way. And this, this is someone who has no time. I watched a film twice because I just loved the mess. Loved it. I love that. I also love how Jacob Elordi had to do the press tour himself because you know <laughs> no, no one else yes, wanted to be I, there. No one else is talking to each other. So like it's just him. Like he went on Hot Wings. I saw, and he went on a few things. And I was like, poor boy. Like just having to do this solo press tour because like the main actors hate each other. Hate like, each other. Hate each other. Yeah, I don't think Jennifer Lopez would have let him go go on that. Do they've been together for a year? What That's is gone time? Quick. That's gone that quickly. Is, yeah, it's madness. Um, anyway, let's talk about this week's theme. So we're going to be speaking about blacklisted actors this week, which is original term from the early years of the Cold War, the term blacklisted anyway. Mm. Um, oh. But it's the practice of... Uh, it's the practice of denying employment in the in, in the entertainment history. Um, and it apparently could stem from thinking that people were communists or sympathizers and obviously i think we saw a little bit of this in that film hail caesar you know when channing tatum does channing tatum play a communist or something I can't quite something remember. like that yeah so yeah it was quickly kind of it would basically mean that you would damage someone's career or end their career based on um little proof that or no proof that they were communists which is funny isn't it I feel like in contemporary Hollywood, though, it kind of refers to people who just don't want to work with someone because they've pissed them off. For sure. Um, or, they've had, or they've had like an argument or they've had something like that. But um, I feel like now the reasons for blacklisting, probably less communist focused <laughs> and probably more about um, speaking out about certain things, such as sexual assault, for example, or attempting to speak out about it and being silenced, um, coming out as LGBTQ as well because that's bound to be happening recently with Jojo Siwa she wasn't allowed at the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards oh, like she didn't, didn't know that. like she hasn't built that network in the last five years yeah like yeah and she was very sweet about it as well she didn't she wasn't like um she wasn't like bitter she just said oh yeah I wasn't invited this year um and kind of left the audience to like realize why it wasn't like Rachel Zegler I was about to say the Rachel Zegler <laughs> method <laughs> I can't stand her 
the biggest Rachel Berry energy ever. And I'll tell you one other thing. This Leah Michelle reconnaissance people are trying to make, not on my watch. Not on my no. watch. No. I, Why? I actually got a screening link to the Spring Awakening documentary that she's in. Mm. Oh, is it and a was, new one? It's new. So I think it's like the 20th year anniversary or something. And love Jonathan Groff, you know, love him in Mind Hunter, love what he does. But just can't bring myself. <laughs> also, because I know nothing about the musical. Like I, I, yeah. I don't know if it even came to the UK. So it, you know, it's very much a Broadway thing. Yeah, no, not on my watch. This I saw someone because she was doing like scales and warming up as every musical theatre kid does. Oh my god! And yeah. it went viral because everyone was like, "She's amazing." And and then someone quotes tweeted it and was like, "God knew not to make her a good human being, like a, have a good personality because she would be unstoppable because she can sing and she can act." But yeah, that personality is just. <laughs> It's interesting because I feel like you didn't know that when Glee ended and you were kind of like, where has she gone? Like, what's Mm. happening? And then obviously we found out years later that she's insufferable, um, which is why she's where she is. It's just funny, like Harry Shim Jr. is like the most successful one out of all of them. (laughs) I love that. I love that for him. So Blacklist Statues, we're going to throw back a little bit further. So like Lucille Ball, she was actually put on trial publicly um, with the whole like Red Scare and Hollywood Blacklist mm-hmm. thing going on um, Which is shown in that film that nobody's seen The Bee and the Ricardos Oh Yeah So she went through many trials Until she finally admitted that she was a registered communist I don't know much about communism I didn't realise you had to like register It was kind of like a, you know, like a Cineworld card yeah. situation Yeah um, But yeah, so she, she was blacklisted But um, the fans that she had Because I Love Lucy Was so so popular They basically like Fought her corner for it um, I, I've never seen I Love Lucy But I, I know that she was Like a big big part Of that time And era of television But um, yeah I had no idea That she was a communist And black, potentially blacklisted for it No I didn't I didn't know anything about that I've, I'm yet to see that film Because it really swept The award season It was nominated for everything So it would be nice To see a dramatised version of that mm, so. yeah. No I've not seen it Did you guys know That Charlie Chaplin Was also a communist mm. so he, no. Yeah so he was never Actually a member Of the communist party uh, But he was denounced A communist sympathiser And he was actually Denied entry to the US When he was trying To work over here And then eventually He cut ties with America And said he'd never Step foot in there again um, Only apart from A 1972 trip To collect his Honorary Oscar Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so I'm never coming back here again Apart from that Oscar I'll be back for that So one you probably would have heard of Is Tippi Hendren Yeah So Tippi Hendren So she's pretty iconic For like Alfred Hitchcock's films Like Birds and Marnie um, Yet she, again This is an example here Where she chose to speak out About Hitchcock's behaviour I feel like we've kind of heard About Hitchcock through the years But there's never actually been Like a definitive like documentary or study about him or anything because he was pretty terrible and I feel like he's the original film bro film school boy who gets a mm-hmm. bit obsessed with the actors which I've seen in film school and I know you guys have probably seen it in well the world mm. to be honest but he had an obsessive fixation on Tippi Hendren so he'd like there was a lot of unwanted sexual advances but he um she actually said in her memoir that he sexually assaulted her on the Marnie set um to which Hitchcock promised um I will ruin your career Jesus that's awful 
But the thing is, back in, back in Hollywood back then, I feel like they had contracts. Like you contracted to a one studio, like you didn't really have like much choice. And he refused to let her out of her contract so she couldn't even go work for anyone else. So it's kind of like a blacklisted slash gatekeeping slash obsession, to be honest. Mm. But I don't know if you guys have ever seen Marnie. No. no. So he never spoke to her directly during the filming of that film. The director and the lead actress. My goodness. All because of an obsession that he'd created in his head. Rejection. Rejection. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's multiple instances of nasty behaviour towards her. So like asking to touch, asking her to touch him inappropriately, um, trying to kiss her in limos. Apparently she, um, she just didn't work again after that. Like she was basically blacklisted. Um, but she did say that he ruined my career, but he didn't ruin my life, which I think is quite a positive mm. outcome from that. I think. I mean, this was back in, it must have been like the 50s and 60s, but I mean, we've seen this recently with like Harvey Weinstein and the people that spoke out about him. And it seems to happen significantly to women, doesn't it, to be honest? Okay, talk about one of your favourites there, huh? Meg Ryan. Any idea where this is going to go? No, and I also didn't know that she was blacklisted. I mean, it makes sense because she just sort of dropped off and dropped out of film for a really long time. I, I, um, I, I think I know this one. Is it, the Den- is it Dennis Quaid related? I don't have notes on Dennis Quaid, but that is hmm. an interesting. Yeah, no, I don't. I know. thought that's what that was—the infamous affair. Yeah. Oh, that's what I thought. Maybe that's not what you've got. Uh, that yeah, uh, that's what I assumed. Yeah. So she, um, I mean, she had a huge career, eighties and nineties, when Harry met Sally, Sleepers and Slatter. Like she was the rom com, rom com queen. <laughs> yeah, my She had an affair with Russell Crowe. Oh. Yeah, which apparently, according to Hollywood, ruined her sweet rom-com girl vibe. I I hate that because we saw it sort of, we kind of saw it happen with um, Kristen Stewart and that director, yeah. whatever it was. I mean, obviously, Kristen Stewart is sort of like, she's fine now, she's picked herself up, whatever. But at yeah. the time, there was so much scrutiny directed towards her because she didn't fulfill the image that people have in their minds of her being this sort of like, teen quote role model you know this this sort of very straight-laced and responsible yeah. woman or whatever and, and that kind of yeah. oh sorry I was going to say the tabloids always point are you team Meg are you you team Dennis are you exactly. team Christian are you team and it's like first of all it's none of my business exactly <laughs> that's it <laughs> uh, we saw Angelina Jolie as well uh, mm. team, team Ange and Team Jen mm-hmm. um, And also most recently Lily James With um, <gasps> Dominic West Dominic West Oh Dominic yes West. Yeah Yeah oh, so Yeah it seems I don't feel like Lily James got Obviously we've no, come on A little bit Like worldwide since then But I don't feel like She got a lot of Stick for that And no. I kind of think She should have to be honest But that's just me I just don't really like it. The image of him dragging his poor wife out to make a statement. Yes. Like, <laughs> she's clearly like, like fresh from crying. <laughs> like, he's poor like, love. Come, come outside the gate. Let's talk to the paparazzi. Like, Why is it always woman. at the end of a massive driveway? Like, this is how I'm like, these people are too rich. I want to see rich. someone do an apology from like a council state flat. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Um, oh, no. Awful. That was, yeah, there was not really that much slack for that. Yeah, um, it's funny how like the blacklisting happens in those for like not professional reasons but personal reasons, mm. like just indiscretions. Mm. You think about how many male celebrities have cheated on their partners as well. Like Justin Timberlake, that was quite recently, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know David Beckham, and they all just write like albums about it. Yeah, Jay Z and Beyonce, like that's the probably most famous one. You know, mm. yeah. 
So, um, but yeah, she was also labeled difficult um, just because she didn't want to be typecasted in rom-coms anymore. Um, they didn't want her to do any more challenging films. Um, she was also shamed for her nude scenes in a film called In the Cut. I don't know if you guys have seen that. No, I've not seen that. Um, but yeah, she hasn't done anything since 2015. Come back, Meg. I, this is, this is, I want Meg's reconnaissance to be a third rom-com with Tom Hanks but this time it's like Bumble or Tinder to make you know because they've had like Sleepless in Seattle which was the radio and then they had email and you've got mail so give me a third whether on dating apps or something um, yeah give me technical that. evolution of rom-coms yeah. yeah I love it I love it I love it it's quite sweet though because on her Instagram she just promotes Jack Quaid's stuff like a proper mom oh, I, I love Jack so Quaid cute. I know he's so so sweet but yeah I mean it's just interesting how I didn't know that she had an affair I'd never even heard of it because I don't know if you guys know because I'm not a fan of Kenneth Branagh but he had a quite famous affair with Helena Bonham Carter when he was married to Emma Thompson it's just interesting isn't it anyway moving on to another Megan Megan Fox although I feel like (laughs) I feel like Megan Fox had like a reconnaissance and then everyone's like actually you know what Maybe not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. After finding out, you know, she's drinking Machine Gun Kelly's blood, I was just like, oh, why did we fight so hard for this? <laughs> if this, if this is what you're bringing to the table, <laughs> just, just. I mean, when she first came out, like she, I feel like she got famous incredibly quickly out of nowhere. Like the Transformers movie just absolutely sent her to the top of all the celebrity things, and she was on every red carpet, the MTV Movie Awards. She'd always wear like great dresses. She'd always do like um you know sexy photo shoots she'd always say things that were quite provocative she was very much out there and I feel like she's such a victim of being over sexualized I mean her first, one of her first roles was on Bad Boy 2 where Michael Bay had her dressed in a bikini and high heels and she was 15 mm. um you know in in interviews she's she's compared Michael Bay to Napoleon and Hitler and I feel like I feel like that probably didn't set her on a good path career-wise But yeah, um, Michael Bay let the comments go And she was going to come back for Transformers 3 But Steven Spielberg did not let the comments go So that's why she wasn't allowed So Steven Spielberg actually told Michael Bay to fire her Oh, interesting Which is something that I did not know But obviously nothing happens to Michael Bay When he's being creepy and inappropriate yeah, the fact that he was willing to let the comments go, he knows that he had done like 10 times worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why he was probably willing to be like, okay, cool. I did put you in a bikini at 15 and I have been obsessed with you <laughs> for all these years. But I mean, I I didn't know the Steven Spielberg situation. Um, I didn't either. That's interesting. It's interesting when you don't really see him as someone that's like, well, obviously I don't know him, um, but someone who's like bitter to kind of do that. It's a strange one. No, but I guess it speaks to his power, right? Like the shots he can call. Yeah, hugely. Is, it, what, is Spielberg like an executive producer of Transformers or something? I don't I'm assuming. Know. I think because Steven Spielberg's Jewish, isn't he? If he's someone on set is calling someone uh, else Hitler, that's probably going to... That feels contentious. Mm, that's a very, very good point, to be honest. Um, but yeah, they labelled her difficult to work with. And I feel like in the press, that was a mm. massive, massive thing that she was like... I don't remember her working again, like apart from like some small little films here and there. She kind of had like a massive gap, but then obviously then she started a family, didn't she? She had three children. So I think she had a significant kind of gap. And then we saw her in, I feel like she had like a few like comebacks per se, like New Girl was a little bit of a comeback. 
So yeah, um, I mean, she's always been quite vocal about the sexism she's faced. Um, like Jennifer's body, she said that she was like just sexualized for the posters. Like if you look at the posters of Jennifer's body, they have nothing to do with the film. Yeah. Mm nothing to do with the film she's in like a little schoolgirl outfit which she doesn't wear in the film um it's very much like over sexualizing her at all i feel like when the me too movement come out as well fox said um that everyone was like when she spoke about it before that happened they were like oh well well nobody cares you deserve it because of how you dress and how you look so she's always been like quite forward thinking when it comes to sexism in the workplace and stuff like that and I feel like people just never took her seriously because of how mm. she looked or things like or because she was labeled as being difficult but yeah I feel like Megan Fox like had a comeback like she did like the new girl thing and then like she did most recently a few like horror films and everyone thought oh, she's gonna be like a screen queen again Jennifer's body's become like a cult classic which really freaks me out when films become cult classics that in your release in our lifetime <laughs> It's just a little bit too much. Um, but yeah, and uh, obviously her relationship with Machine Gun Kelly. But we're not going to talk about that because that's like a different thing career-wise. I don't think we can blacklist her for being a little bit weird. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Winona Ryder. I mean, it's like all of these people are women. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like growing up, Winona Ryder, I only heard about her in the press as a shoplifter. Yes. So the dress. Yes. The dress yeah. in the bag. That's yeah. the oh, like honestly, like I couldn't tell you another fact. I couldn't tell That's you all I know what she was in. And it was only yeah. until I started studying film when I watched things like Girl Interrupted and like Reality Bites. I was like, okay, this woman has been failed by society. I sounded like Arrow then. So she was a huge star, huge star. But then it stopped because she was caught shoplifting. And um, that was in two thousand and one. So we would have been about the age of hearing like news and things like that. Yeah, five and a half thousand dollars off designer clothes and accessories at Saks Fifth Avenue she did three years probation she then took a three-year break from acting um, and then she just mainly did indies and tv movies and she also said that she'd begun to age out of roles that she was playing before because I feel like that's a big thing in Hollywood that I feel like we've seen it a little bit with Jennifer Lawrence now where she's mm. no longer playing that young quirky lead it's more like an older kind of role a little bit yeah. But yeah, I don't remember seeing Winona Ryder in anything during the noughties and the tens until Stranger Things. Yeah, there, there was, I haven't watched Stranger Things still to this day. But no. I, no, I really need to watch it. 30 but, million an episode for season. For yeah, season. I know. Like you've got yeah. it. <laughs> That's just for the wigs. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I saw like this massive, like, oh my gosh, she's back. And I love it. My favorite thing is when someone comes back like I know we'll talk about Brendan Fraser and, and and stuff, but like people go, oh my god, they're actually really good, and I'm like, well, it was never their talent that was the question. It was <laughs> what you did to them. Like yeah. they're like, because they're all saying how good her character is and how well how good how well she acts. I'm like, well, that was never in question. It was just the fact that you've blacklisted this person. Like mm-hmm. the talent still remains. You don't lose talent because you shoplifted and then the tabloids turned against you. Like mm. yeah. you can still act. You know, that that really annoys me because it's just like you start. I think people are starting to think about all the things we've lost, all the characters we could have had from that actress or actor. And it's like, well, duh, like that was never in question. It's so weird. That's a really good point, actually. Mm, I feel yeah. like as well with a comeback, 
it always has to be something like a multi-million dollar franchise or massive TV show for them to come back successfully. Like obviously Stranger Things, it was a Netflix show. Like nobody really knew how successful it was going to be. It did kind of blow up out of anywhere. Um, And I just wonder like if it wasn't for that, what else would we have seen her in? Because I know she did that rom-com with Keanu Reeves, but I think that was mainly because she had done Stranger Things. I think it would have felt fallen in that time period. And like you said, like we would have lost that talent. Didn't she play Spock's mum in the new Star Trek? Oh my god, she did! But that's it. That's again, like she played yeah. a small part for someone who is like she's Winona Ryder. She played she's a very Winona Ryder. Yeah, huge franchise. But yeah, I agree. It's it's just I feel like we never really heard her side of the story as well, which yeah. is a shame, isn't it? I'm going to give you a bit of a massive contrast here because I never really realised that he had a comeback, Robert Downey Jr. Oh yeah, yeah, he's massive. Yeah. So this yeah. is like this is like a big um, a big contrast when it comes to like man female kind of comebacks in a way. Obviously, in his youth, he was a critical and popular success. Um, he won a Best Actor BAFTA in 1992. I didn't know that. And then obviously from the late 90s, early noughties, he had a period of substance abuse, legal troubles, and they just did not want to work with him because he was a risk to studios. So it's not that he was difficult. It's not that he was mean, nasty, any kind of history of like bad things happening. He was just considered a risk to studios. So it's a money thing. Mm. Um, He had multiple drug charges, marijuana, cocaine, heroin. Um, He'd been a drug addict from eight years old. I did not know this. Apparently his dad was also an addict and gave him drugs. Um, He lost out roles in some kind of biggish films, Wild Things um, and... Woody Allen's Melinda and Melinda Probably not a massive loss To be honest on that, <laughs> that was literally Due to insurance issues They wouldn't insure him To be on set And he was also fired From Ali, Ali McBill Oh I didn't know I that. didn't know he was in it But that's no. Yeah that's interesting He obviously We all know Where he's come back Come from It was Iron Man um, But Marvel didn't Want to cast him either Because of everything oh. That happened and you got to think as well, like that's a five year gap where he hasn't been in anything and they're still reluctant to work with him. Like that's mm. a considerable amount of time. I think, well, Iron Man come out 2005 or six, something like that. He actually got the role through John Favreau. Yeah. And um, Terrence Howard, because that's where that whole beef started. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, there was beef? Yeah, because he plays Rhodey in the first one. And then he was a big advocate. He was like, look, you know, me and Robert were good friends. Like, you should still, you should definitely still hire him. And then he got more money than Robert Downey Jr. Because Terrence had been everything uh, around that time. I did not know that. Yeah, it was either matched or the same. And then he was promised a certain amount. And then they took some of his money away to give to, to Robert because the first one was such a success. And then he asked Robert to speak up for him. Allegedly, this is his side of the story. Yeah, yeah He yeah. asked Robert to speak up for him. Robert was like, no. <laughs> and then he was like, I want the money you guys promised me. And yeah. they just recast him. And then that's how we got Don Cheadle, which I'm not mad about. So, <laughs> yeah. You know. Oh, I didn't know I didn't that. know that. Yeah, yeah. I knew it was to do with money. I didn't know it was to do with getting paid more than Iron Man in Iron yeah. Man. I, I'm not sure if he got paid more or it was matched and then he was promised more and then they took what was promised more and gave it to Robert because obviously he is like the highest paid actor ever. I mean, how can you read that script and think that Rhodey like, needs that much money? Mm, it's because Terrence Howard was He was like a massive selling point for that first film Because he was so famous Yeah, yeah um, You know, that if you watch the trailer He's really prominent in it He was a really big selling point Yeah mm. 
Um, and he 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 tried to sue them, I think, for like damaging his career because they no one was clearing up the rumors that it wasn't the fact that he was difficult to work with or that he was fired under these circumstances. So he tried to sue them, I think, or he constantly speaks out about it, about how it ruined his career because he has not done anything yeah empire was big it's no longer big mm. um but you know he's really really mad and then i he had personal stuff going on you know domestic things going on personally so he has just had a massive massive downfall yeah i remember reading about um i think we did another podcast about this i think it might have been we were talking about um oscar winners or oscar nominees and um yeah that is a huge a huge downfall it's mm. it's it's a shame it really is a shame I feel like he, Robert Downey Jr. has had such a huge, you know, leg up from people giving him a chance and people, you know, saying, you know, and it's interesting now how he kind of defends certain Marvel actors, but not others. So I know that he's been one that's spoken out quite vividly about Chris Pratt. You know, there was that internet meme, like, who's the worst oh. Chris in Hollywood? Like, he come out and he really stood up for him. Um but he was incredibly quiet when Brie Larson was bullied online, mm, which I yeah. think was a very disappointing factor, not just about him, but just about the rest of the crew and cast of Marvel. I feel like that's still been, I mean, she's not been blacklisted per se, but she's been incredibly bullied, Brie Larson. Oh, oh for sure. Mm. All of them are at fault, but minus Don Cheadle, <laughs> the guy that yeah. you know came in so late anyway. But yeah. I know, I mean, Don Cheadle's doing amazing things. Like just wearing a t-shirt on Saturday Night Live is a huge a huge like factor of the trans community like he's he's brilliant I mean it just goes to show like little things happen and you get like a really good result out of it recasting wise it's just um mm. yeah it's a strange one but I always laugh with Robert Downey Jr because I feel like you would never see that happen to a woman no yeah you wouldn't see that happen to a woman we haven't I don't think seen it happen to a woman the only one I can kind of think of is Drew Barrymore Oh, of course. Yes, that's a very good point. But also it's because her substance abuse was so, she was so young, you know, it it kind of happened and then was like resurgence, her resurgence was still by like her mid twenties or something like that. It all happened Mm -hmm. so early on in her career. There's people maybe just after my generation or maybe even my generation that probably don't even know that that happened because you, your first film you would have seen her in was probably Charlie's Angels and then gone on. So like, it all happened so quickly. I'm sure it doesn't feel quickly for her, but she's the only one I can think of. Yeah, she's rebranded herself now. I, I saw a tweet recently where it was like, the Ellen show's ending, James Corden show's ending, but we've got the Drew Barrymore show, the Kelly Clarkson show. And I think it's really great because Kelly Clarkson's another great example of someone who was told she was difficult. There was the weight um, gain and things like that. Um, and she's kind of come out now. And it's it's just it's just nice to see that happen. But I feel like it doesn't happen to women until it gets to a considerable later point in life. Like they're, Like, I think with Drew Barrymore, it's probably Santa Clarita diet. They probably did that for her again mm. to a younger audience kind of thing. Yeah. I'm going to mention Catherine Heigl, but it's a strange one because is it blacklisted or is it just someone who was difficult? I don't know. I'm interested to hear your thoughts. So obviously she is most known for Grey's Anatomy. It's what gave her a big boost. And then she started doing all the rom-coms. She has been branded as difficult, unprofessional. When she was in Knocked Up, she called the film sexist. Um, She said the characters were too exaggerated. The women were humorless shrews. Um, Seth Rogen came out and said he felt, you know, 
betrayed by her comments. Um, she pulled herself out of the running at the 2008 Emmys for Best Supporting Actress, which was seen as a dig at the Grey's Anatomy producers. She said that she was viewed as ungrateful, difficult, unprofessional. And yeah, I feel like her career has been a strange one. I feel like she was in everything for a few years. And now I don't think I remember the last time I saw her in something. Mm. What do yeah. you guys think about this? Because I feel like the jury's still out on this, to be honest. Yeah, I feel like Ellen Pompeo recently did an interview saying that she's proud of Catherine Heigl for standing up, but it's like, you're so late. It's only in 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Was this before or after she was slagging off Denzel Washington? Though? Oh my gosh. I don't oh, even know what, yeah. what press tour she's even on. I, don't, I you know, <laughs> What are you promoting? Yeah, I guess just the infinite amount of episodes of Grey's Anatomy because yeah, I have I guess. never <laughs> seen her in anything else in my life. No, 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 no. Has she been in anything else? I can't even think of like a rom com she's done. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, I don't know about that one. The, cat, yeah, the, the jury's still out, I think. I always find the difficult to work with quite... I just don't know that I think it's always fair. Like, I understand difficult to work with because they're shitty people, but difficult to work with just because they have opinions or they have, like, they stand up for certain issues. Like, you think about John Boyega recently, right? Like, mm. how he didn't do anything. He was just standing up for himself, standing up for the black community and... All of a sudden, there are reports that, you know, he's actually quite difficult to work with on set. Is he, though? Mm. Or do you just not like that he has opinions? It's that same sort of, like, it's not the same, but that's sort of where I sit on the Catherine Heibel thing. Because I never really rated her as an actress, no offence, Catherine. So, in my head, I'm like, like, "Eh, it's, like, fine to me personally that she doesn't appear everywhere. But if the reason is because she just has opinions, then that I don't think that's fair. I think it's 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 like when you work in an office and there's someone like, oh, she's difficult to work with. You're like, well, no, she's actually nice. You just don't agree with her. Mm. Um, or she's, you know, spoken out about the way you're treating her. And I think after the Me Too movement, we've realised that a lot of this difficult to work with was just someone not wanting that person to work with them anymore. Um, yeah. And it's just mad. You think about how big Hollywood is, how many studios they are. Like we were talking earlier about how many streaming platforms there are now. Like it shouldn't be that, just because you don't enjoy working with someone that they should never work again. Yeah. It's bonkers. Like, it's people I've worked with in the industry that I couldn't stand, but they're still out there doing stuff, like, good for them. And um, it's just, yeah. And we, obviously, we spoke a lot about women in this episode, and we're going to speak on Brendan Fraser next, but it does seem to affect women a lot more. It's very difficult because I feel like they either get blacklisted or they get aged out of casting mm. or they... It, it's just so hard for someone to have a long career. Like, I think that'd be a good episode for us to do is like, can women have a long career? Because I think the ones that do, like Nicole Kidman, for example, I think Nicole Kidman probably has, Nicole Kidman and Meryl Streep have one of the longest careers. But with Nicole Kidman, it's like, she's playing a mom, she's playing a wife, she's playing like, it's, does it only work for those that can look any age they want kind of thing? I don't know. Like we said about Jessica Chastain, like Jessica Chastain, she never revealed her age at one point, and maybe that gave her more flexibility with roles. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I always think about the Shelley Theron story oh, where they yeah. when they approached her for Wonder Woman, and she was like, "Oh yeah, let me go away, do some research about Wonder Woman." And they were like, "No, her mum," and she went, <laughs> "Oh, oh." 
Like what? But I love how she's done like a massive F you because she went on to do like the old guard, which was so, you know, so much work to, uh, you know, to be action and doing stunts. Um, she's gone and she's in Fast and Furious as well. Like, you yeah. know, she, she, I know I take things so personally. I would have been crying, throwing up, you know, I don't know what oh, to same. do, you know, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I really love how she just, you know, stuck a massive middle finger to Hollywood and was like, I'm still going to do these type of roles because I can. And because I like my age means nothing, you know, and you would never, you would never say those words to Jason Statham. You would never say those words to Tom Cruise. You would never, you wouldn't think about it. And they're older, you know, mm. Liam Neeson has been running around <laughs> in his like <laughs> 70s for like the past 15 years. No one has ever said to him, like, you know, you know, don't do this. So yeah. um, you know, I, I shouldn't probably clarify, he's been running around after black men <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> for, the last, for the last 20 years, you know, not just killers, you know, but yeah, oh, Jared. It's he's doing a little bit of a comeback tour, isn't he? Because he was on Derry Girls. I think he was I in know. Atlanta. He was in Atlanta, yeah. Yeah. And you know, they sort of spoke about the, you know, the white. Oh, they did. Like, yeah, oh, did yeah. They? Yeah. Donald Glover, hmm. Because he also put Shet Hanks, <laughs> Hanks in it to do his oh, I saw that. cosplay of a West Indian accent. And oh <laughs> it, I I just don't with Donald Glover, I'm just like I I, I oh. I was such a massive fan for such a long time, but now yeah. I'm just like I that thought. interview he did recently with himself, he, with himself, where he challenged himself about his own views on black women, like, and just I don't know. He's a kid of the internet, so he knows what would go viral, what would cause conversations and things like that. And I just, it's very frustrating. I, I would love what, to have seen that interview. I, I feel like he sat on two chairs and he sat and, and said, then so was like, what do you do? Yeah, and then ran the other. <laughs> I. 120% believe that. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, so last but not least is Brendan Fraser. Obviously, there's so many that we could have spoken about today, but trying to fit it into an episode. Um, but yeah, so Brendan Fraser, I mean, an icon of the 90s. You know, The Mummy, um, George of the Jungle, The Dazzled, like, I don't know if you guys have any, any more favourites. But then he started to stop working in the 2000s. And in a GQ article, he explained his theory as to why. Because he actually shared that he was sexually assaulted by Philip Burke at the Beverly Hills Hotel in 2003 um, and claims that he resisted. The HF, so the Hollywood Foreign Press, they rarely invite him back to the Golden Globes since that happened. Burke denies Fraser's version of events. He claims in his 2014 memoir that he pinched Fraser's um, bottom as a joke. But yeah, so it's really sad because Brendan Fraser experienced depression after this. Um, it added he got divorced, his mother passed away, and he had bad health issues from stunts as well. Because obviously, all the action films he did, he was a little bit like Tom Cruise, he did all of his own stunts. But we've seen kind of like some people have labelled it the Brennonissance. Some people have labelled it the Fraserissance. But he's getting cast again, left, right and centre. So notably, he's in the TV show called Doom Patrol. I've not seen it. Um, And he's in Soderbergh's No Sudden Move. He's going to be in Batgirl. He's going to be in Martin Scorsese's next film, Killers of the Flower Moon. And Aronofsky's new film, The Whale. So that's kind of come back. He was terribly bullied online for his appearance. And I feel like this is a huge thing we have with celebrities is when they put on weight, there is a massive attack on them. And I think we saw it considerably after the lockdown as well, because obviously a lot of people put on weight during the lockdown. 
what is the obsession with this? Because I feel like it was it was huge during the noughties, like with them like magazines like Hello and like in the UK, I feel like we had obviously in America there is bad magazines, but over here we have like horrible magazines like Heat magazine that just like top 20 worst bikini bodies and all this kind of stuff. And as a teenager, I consumed them and mm. I was terrified. And that's probably what you know contributed to certain elements in my life. I was terrified of putting on weight because you don't want to be labeled as this. What is the obsession, do you think, with this kind of like tomato slinging for actors that were once very muscular or very thin and now they obviously put weight on? What do you Mm. think the obsession is? I don't know. I feel like it's a double-edged sword too because if Brendan Fraser had decided to do what many other people have and, you know, change his appearance through surgery or whatever, then it would have been the same sort of like, well, he, you know, he looks really funny because of this, or, you know, he could only look this way because he has money. So I feel like, I, I feel like the his appearance or just the appearance of a celebrity is irrelevant to people who just want to take the piss. Yeah. I think it's also like their own insecurities as well. Yeah. You know, they're like, well, they should want to feel this way because they're in the spotlight. But I think about like, I know Zac Efron has really bad body dysmorphia because of just mm. how thing how people assume he should look. I um, I didn't watch his documentary, but there's a scene where he starts crying because he's allowed to have some pasta. Oh. And it's like, what? Like, do you know what I mean? And I just feel so hor- I horrified for him. And, you know, because he feels that he needs to look a certain way. I mean, in Bad Neighbours, he is topless the entire film. Like, mm. you know, I can understand how that must feel for him to just constantly need to look perfect uh, and like I think about Kanye West like I'm not a Kanye West fan anymore in any way but he, you know he spoke out and said that he got liposuction because he started to see people you know mentioning his weight and I was like you're a rapper like you shouldn't even yeah. have to like I couldn't tell you what his body looks like but the fact that he felt you know the need to have to do something like that like it's horrifying it's really sad and it's just so and the people who do it like they're not like goddesses themselves like what's that old saying like you're no oil painting um, <laughs> it worries just... me that we're like I think that's why the early 2000s coming back into fashion like that sort of like mm. low rise jeans and and mm. just the obsession with the quote-unquote skinny yeah. worries me that much more because I'm like no I don't no I don't want that for myself yeah. but also for like yeah <laughs> It, it was very it was very marketed around a certain body type yeah uh, I, I don't know like you just see like I know Lily Lily Reinhart from Riverdale recently spoke out about like Kim Kardashian's comments but like like you said that like, Y2K is coming back and it's for a certain body there's no I'm not putting low-rise jeans on no thank no, you no way. But yeah, it's it's just, I feel like we hold such currency with people if they look a certain way. And I feel like we got to a point where we started to be more accepting of that body positivity and like even elements like the way people style their hair, like it become a lot more like open and accepting. And I feel like, are we going back to that era? And yeah. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do, do that. And like having a daughter now, it's like the idea of, oh, it just breaks my heart. It just breaks my heart. And I just don't understand how, like, we have, like, you have to look a certain way to, to I don't know. It's just very, very sad. And it's great that Brendan Fraser's coming back. It's amazing. It's just sad. It just takes so long. Yay, <laughs> Brendan. I'm excited for Brendan to come back. Me too. Me too. I mean, it's interesting to kind of go through it and kind of see about, I mean, even as we've spoken about particular people, you guys have thrown names in as well, like Drew Barrymore and, you know, I feel like 
it's always going to be a thing Mm. like the whole gatekeeping thing i see it in the independent side in the uk industry there's gatekeeping here like it's as long as people in power have prejudice then there's always going to be this element of it happening but i just think the the fan the fan kind of club fan service world as well it's they're the kind of worst critics as well sometimes i don't know Mm. i agree yeah yeah and um i can't wait to go into it but I'm still team Monique after everything she's been through as well. Yes. Well, you kind of like, you suggested this whole like episode topic based on that. And I don't know, like I know Monique and I, the last thing I remember seeing her in was obviously Precious. Tell us more about this. It basically, she was in Precious because it was funded by Oprah and what's his name? Tyler Perry. Anyway, yeah, so she was in this small independent film. You know, they said, can we use your name as like, because she is the only like proper well-known actress in it. I mean, Mariah Carey's in it, but you wouldn't even know because she has she looks so different. And so they used her name for the film. The film came out, became a massive global hit, you know, did so well, made a lot of money. And they said, wow, we're going to need to go on a press tour. We're, we're going to Venice. We're going to Sundance. We're doing this. And she was a newish mother at that time. And she said, well, no, <laughs> you know, I've done my bit. I've acted. Uh, you've used my name, you know, really well. And, you know, thank you. She obviously won her Oscar. And they said, yeah, but we want to go on this press tour because we want to do the festival run. We want to, we want to, you know, do all the talk shows. Um, but we can't offer you that much more compensation. So she said, no, I'm a new mother. I'm going to stay at home with my babies. I'm not going to do this. And then it started off with, you know, Lee Daniels, who did the film ringing her and asking her. She said no. Then they send Tyler Perry to ring her and, and tell her. She says no. Then they send the big guns and they send they send Oprah. And she's like, still no. And since then, she was blacklisted. She was not in anything. She has had a really hard time. Obviously, was there was the whole Netflix special as well where Amy Schumer was getting paid however much more than she was and she's oh, yeah. and been in the industry for so many years and she spoke out against them she says you know Tyler Perry um Oprah you know Lee Daniels they're blacklisting me this is happening and no one wanted to work with her and you know since then Tyler Perry has apologized uh, he apologized on the phone said he would do it publicly still hasn't done it but she recorded the phone conversation so did she yeah Oprah hasn't made a comment probably won't and Lee Daniels most recently literally like last month went to her live show her live comedy show and they went on stage and they hugged and he admitted you know I've made mistakes I'm really sorry you know and they hugged it out and she cried and he was crying and I don't know whether it was legit or whether you know people are starting to listen more but again Precious came out when I was in primary school I'm 25 Mm. now it's just not good enough for me. Wow. I would want compensation for all the money and time I have lost from being labelled as this bitter, you know, black woman. Plus she's plus sized. You know, it just all the odds were against her. Mm. And, you know, everyone apologising now. I I don't know. I hold grudges. So maybe, <laughs> you know, I would still be so angry. But, you know, I, I don't know what this means now you know the, the, her babies are older now you know it's been a lot of time but she's been very gracious you know in terms of accepting these apologies and stuff but I still think that she is owed something you know she's owed something because she's barely done any film since you know we know the drama with her live comedy shows you know she's just been left in the dirt you know for that's well over 
for well over a decade now surely mm. yeah mm. and um you know I felt I felt so horrible for her I felt so bad and I think I don't know I just think she deserves more than an apology in my opinion I agree put your money where your mouth is mm. Mm. yeah that's the thing I think we, a lot of the time and you see this is people like oh we really want to like you know promote more women in this and promote women of color I'm like okay pay them with yeah. the money promote them schedule them program them like put a show on Netflix then like words mean nothing it's mm. years like it's years it's ridiculous and it's just yeah it's just really frustrating really frustrating and like we said like majority of the people we spoke about in that in that episode were white because that's it's the prejudice again it's just ridiculous okay well that's all we've got time for today we could talk about this forever i mean like the list of people we had just went on and 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 i think every day a new person's being added to be honest aren't they <laughs> but yeah we will be back with another episode soon and then we're taking a short break as the season will be over. And then we might do a few specials and then we'll be back again and do some more stuff. Basically, we're just never going to stop talking shit. Love it. Love it. I'm going to go and see what time I can go see Multiverse of Madness now. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. Okay. Thanks, guys. Bye. That's us for another week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe or hit the follow button on Spotify. You can also find us on Twitter at NotHavingItPod and Instagram at Rianne Pictures. Reviews are really helpful for a little independent show like ours. So if you can leave a few words on Apple Podcasts, we'd love you forever. And if you have a suggestion for an episode topic or have a question to ask, just pop us an email at info at or drop us a DM on social media. We'll be back soon. Bye, guys.